1: the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening. As we broadcast around the world on the Fringe FM, TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and of course, our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact the show tonight, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings And if you'd like to check out our full show archive, if you missed a show or you'd like to re-listen to a broadcast, www.thesecretteachings.info, the website, is where you can subscribe to the archive. All subscribers get access to download and stream all the shows, plus access to the montage archive and access to all of my books in digital form, yearly subscribers get a free copy of one of those books with free shipping in the United States. And all those shipping costs have gone up. Costs of the books have not gone up. I've tried to keep those low, even though the cost of a lot of things have gone up recently. I've kept everything with the show within, uh, as much reason as I, I can. And I do that because I want to produce something. I want to have something practical and informative and sometimes comical and I appreciate all the support, all the love we get from all over the world, from the United States to a new listener in Turkey who emailed us the other day. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you to all of you who donated to our Escape from New York fundraiser, especially those of you who sent us those really funny emails about what we could use the uh, small little donations for. So thank you very much. I'll be leaving at the end of uh, this coming week, be heading out to Arizona, moving the studio. So it's uh, you know, partly because of listeners like you who support the show that we're going to be able to do that. That's a huge burden off my back for lots of reasons, especially the, uh, the weather. It's been snowing this week and this weekend, so I'm glad to finally be out of there. Also, Patreon. Check us out on Patreon, behind-the-scenes videos and more. There's an archive subscription bundle there, so you can get everything bundled together on Patreon. That's over on Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon, and become a patron of The Secret Teachings. That's The Secret Teachings pretty much everywhere, although we don't really have a lot of of social media. So tonight, I wanted to invite a friend of mine onto the broadcast, someone who, uh, no matter what I'm thinking about a topic, no matter what I'm thinking about a subject, he always seems to either be thinking the exact same thing, or he's thinking... Something very similar, something I haven't thought of, and something that is just really interesting. And, uh, you know, I like to look at topics and provide a, a different perspective on them. I, I don't like to regurgitate alternative or independent talking points. Um, I like to look at things, and, and I consider The Secret Teachings more of a show of analysis. And, uh, you know, we, we look at things like popular conspiracies. We look at things like parapsychology. Or what my friend Clyde Lewis calls parapolitics. It's a meshing together, a mixing together, a blending together of so many different things that if you only listen for a moment, you miss ninety-nine percent of what we're discussing. It's not a, a, a talking point that's regurgitated over and over again. There's so many details that we can look at on any any show, and that it just there's so much information. You know, sometimes we have to sit down and we have to do multiple shows on a topic, and then new stuff happens, and we have to go back and revisit those, those shows, like the Dr. Heldor shows from the Ouija board. You know, Dr. Heldor spoke with Clyde uh, many, many months ago, and uh, I never intended to speak to Dr. Heldor, this energy, this character on the Ouija board, but I, I did a Ouija board session on the 29th of October, 2021, this year. And I spoke to Heldor, and Heldor told me very similar things to what he told, or I assume it's a he, what he told Clyde. And some of those things have already come true. And other things are, 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 are kind of like generalized, at least I look at them like generalized predictions or things to look out for. You know, things on the Ouija board aren't necessarily so literal. A lot of times they're symbolic, uh, metaphoric, uh, they're, you know, analogy. There's a lot of symbolism involved in the Ouija board. Of course, a lot of it can also just be the subconscious as well. But even so, there's, there's something more than the material at work. There's something more than the physical at work. And so some of the things that Dr. Heldor had told us was that we would see a decline for health and other reasons in, uh, in the President of the United States, and the Queen of England, in the Pope at the Vatican. And we're starting to see more and more, even mainstream evidence of that is, you know, we've seen recently that Joe Biden might have had a cancerous polyp uh, that was removed, and we know the Queen is very sick, and we know that the Pope only has, uh, you know, like one and a half lungs. He had a part of his lung removed when he was younger, and he's kind of sick. And, you know, I'm just looking at these, these three major centers of power, and we're seeing those, those major centers of power uh, essentially just plucked. And uh, they're being replaced. They're being replaced by, uh, you know, the London branch of this power structure is uh, financial. The Vatican is the religious and the military power is in Washington. And we're seeing that the military power be invoked to carry out a climate agenda under which Prince Charles said we need a, you know, the military. uh, We need some kind of um, military warlike footing. And uh, in order to do that, we'll need to spend hundreds of trillions of dollars, which will entirely, you know, bankrupt virtually every economy and and reset the world. That's the great reset and require a new financial system. And then the new uh, religious center in Abu Dhabi that's being built or it's it's pretty much completed. That's the new religion. And all of this is coming together, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, new covid variants that essentially mean the end of the world. And I mean. Uh, Dr. Heldor told us that we're always in the last days, and uh, we don't have much to be afraid of except the loss of infinite awareness as opposed to artificial intelligence, which Heldor identified as the Antichrist. So I wanted to talk about all of this tonight with my good friend Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero. I've got Clyde on the line with me now. Clyde, thanks for coming on to The Secret Teachings, and thanks for having me on Ground Zero so much. Really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, this is this has turned into something big, something huge. Um, and the, the, I think the communication between, you know, the spirit world and what we're talking about seems to be uh, happening. In fact, somebody sent me an email the other day telling me that uh, Dr. Heldor is an interesting character because it just seems that every time, you know, he was summoned, he's actually given us things to think about. And, you know, we've talked about leadership, you know, going under the knife or going into the hospital or doing something or getting sick you know, people can always say well they're old right but no i mean to be exact like you know uh, the situation with joe biden you know dr heldor said when we had our session with him that biden uh something about cancer and i was assuming lung cancer or something that biden has cancer and uh, they just had the uh, colonoscopy with him and they're doing an endoscopy actually they did both a colonoscopy and an endoscopy because they wanted to figure out why he was coughing And they figured that he has reflux and that's why he coughs and tries to clear his throat all the time is because he has really bad reflux according to what I was reading. But here's the thing that's most interesting is that, uh, they said that the polyp that he had, um, that, uh, that was non cancerous. But now according to the hill, a doctor recommends that he has routine surveillance on his, uh, on his, on his colon. Uh, because apparently this precancerous tumor, that he had may have been more serious than they're letting on. Um, they removed it. I mean, polyps get removed all the time during colonoscopies and it's basically routine, but uh, they were saying that what he had was, uh, something that I had on my kidneys. It was a, a, a tuberous growth, uh, that they were monitoring and come to find out the tuberous growth sp- spread into, um, several other tumors. And then they found out that there was a spreadable cancer that needed to be eradicated. So I'm beginning to wonder, if uh, you know Dr. Heldor is correct, because you know he's saying you know he's he's going to die of cancer, he's going to get cancer, and, um, and of course they said he said the Queen, the he said the Queen had cancer too. Um, he said that the Pope has one lung. They were dealing with lungs and breathing problems, and uh, you know the endoscopy, of course, uh, being a an uh, uh, investigation as to why he doesn't seem to clear his throat properly. Of course, Biden not clearing his throat, coughing all the time. A lot of people have that you know curiosity because he's been having coughing fits and and uh, they're trying to keep him quiet because they make you know, they make him sound like he's dying. Uh, we all have coughing fits, and we all have these things going on right now, but what's really interesting is that when you were on the air with me on my show, you were talking about how Dr. Heldor had said that we're living uh in the end times. he said every day
1: is the end yeah time. he said the last days, and when I said yeah, what are the last days, days? he said uh, every day is the right. last day, it's a cycle,
3: right. Right. And so today uh, I saw a headline uh, on the Drudge Report when I woke up and I saw the word Omicron. And I I know what an Omicron is. I know what the Omicron means. I just didn't know it was related to um, uh, I didn't know it was related to COVID because apparently they've skipped over, which is really interesting. They skipped over a lot of the alphabet because, I mean, the last variant we heard about was mu. Um, They had delta mu. And, you know, now we're all the way up to. Omicron, which, um, what's scary about Omicron is is that Omicron is, uh, it's Greek, uh, it's, it's a contraction of two different, uh, uh, I guess, word types. One is Ami, or Omni, or Ami, or Omega, meaning the end, and Kron, which is, of course, um, uh, connected to the word Kronos, or, or chronicle, time. So it's end time is the, is the word Omega, it's Omega cron. It's the idea of the end time, the end time virus, literally.
1: And, and they're, so, you, they're you using know, this to, to, to enact more lockdowns now, right? Going back into right. what we had two years ago.
3: Right. Well, it, it's even worse than that. Now there people are so paranoid and in, in, in France, I was reading that no one can go to work now. They're wanting them to stay in their homes. Um, they're banning flights coming in and out of Africa. Um, you know, I think Australia is also cracked down again. So a number of countries are cracking down out of terror because apparently this is 500 percent more contagious than the original variant. So 500 percent. So everybody either is going to get COVID or they're going to die from it, it seems, uh, because you know they can't keep up with the variant. Well, you know, um, and that's they're going to have to stop scaring people because I mean there are a lot of people that have had COVID and they haven't died, but the ones that have died, you know, when you hear that it's 500 percent more contagious. And they call it Omicron or the end of days virus or the end of days variant or the end times variant. You're just like, whoa, you know, that's that's just saying it right there. I mean, Delta, of course, had a symbology to it and you even had a symbology to it. But this is the big one. Omicron. It's it's the Omega Cron. It's the idea
1: of the end of time is what this is. Well, I mean, they, they led up to Omicron with Delta, with Mu, and Delta was essentially, you know, with the little triangles all over the, the images, the CG images of SARS-CoV-2, you know, the idea that the Illuminati pyramid is this, uh, you know, the symbol of a cult that wants to depopulate the planet. I mean, I, I don't think they're choosing these names by accident. I think this is all part of a giant magical ritual in some way, shape or form.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it, the thing is, is that you're looking at, uh, you know, like you said, there's magic words and neurolinguistic programming and um, it's called crowd nudging and they're doing it uh, with COVID, but they're also doing it with uh, things like the Kyle Rittenhouse case uh, where the, the media was well aware that they were lying to the American people about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, even in the end, CNN uh, did a lot of damage control talking about what was said in the courtroom, not what they were saying about him being a white supremacist or being whatever. And, uh, and and they're lying to us because they can, that's the whole point is that they're and and people are going to eat it up if it fits their cognitive resonance. And it's sad because, you know, they have programmed people to be either one side or another side and, and people are just so myopic now, they're not willing to look at, you know, things practically or rationally. It's all about, well, if I speak against my party, I'm not being loyal and, uh, it's making everybody crazy. We're, we're dealing with a. I call it a psychochondria, but it's more or less it, it's it's uh, it's psychopathy. It's it's, uh, it's uh, people are becoming psychopaths. They're, they're breeding psychopaths. Well, they're breeding.
1: Well, that's so, just well,
3: being woke is being psychopathic.
1: That's just a dangerous notion that whether you're Republican, Democrat or whatever you are, that you're too afraid to diverge from your party. You're just you are you become the party. God is eradicated. Everything is eradicated. The state becomes God you are part of the state and the state takes care of you. And if you don't do what you're told to do, then the state has no use for you. You become obsolete. And that's where we're headed very rapidly.
3: Yeah, the technocracy is now the civic religion and it's scientism. It's uh, a syncretic scientism. Something is, you know, using science as a hook. Um, And uh, scientism has always been considered an evil uh, mixture of both politics and science. And it leads to things like, gassing people in gas chambers that leads to things like, you know, um, sterilizing the mentally ill or the mentally retarded. It's the, it's the idea of, um, you know, eliminating certain, you know, types of people by aborting their children or having a rule where you can only have one child. And if it's a female or a male, we, we, we tend to think, well, um, one dies, the other one lives. I mean, this, this is what we're leading to. Um, you know, and, and people, of course, you know, most people would shun it, but you know, you'd be very surprised at what they shun, what they don't. shun. now we have a, what a, a gender fluid professor who is saying that we need to stop, um, uh, uh, delegitimizing pedophilia or, uh, you know, we need, we need to stop saying that it's bad. And I'm just thinking, geez, you know, what, what more can be said or what more can be done to just make this planet even more corrupt and more, and more crazy. And and it's going to get there. It's just it, you know, when you think for one minute that you're you've got this licked and you've got this figured out, it's mean, a whole new curveball being thrown at you. Because, like I say, we are le- we are allowing the woke, uh, the psychopaths within the woke movement, making statements and doing things that really, uh, you know, when you look at them, they they're crazy. And 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 usually, when people make crazy moves and do crazy things, we tend to say, well, that's that's a little nut. Now it's not that anymore. You have to include the crazies in order to be equal here. But a lot of the stuff that, I mean, I was looking at the news today and I said, I was eating breakfast at a restaurant and I said, you know, can you believe, you know, what, what you're reading? Can you believe, you know, the attitudes that people are taking? And they, and it's all because they want to think of themselves as virtuous. And in the process, they come off looking so, um, insincere, disingenuous. It, it's just virtue signaling is another problem I see is that, you know, it, it's done because they fetishize certain types of people and they and they tell them they're victims or they they feel sorry for them because they're victims. And so we're fetishizing victim victimhood, and it, and it's something that you know everybody's had a problem in their life where they feel like they've been traumatized or victimized, but they're turning it into a cottage industry. And now we have to step down and say, oh, we feel so bad that you're victimized well, yeah, there's certain, you know, victimizations that deserve our attention, but there are a lot of victimizations, uh, that really aren't that, aren't that important in the scheme of things, I think.
1: Well, it's just like environmentalism, environmentalism, conservatism, these are things that aren't necessarily bad, but people have hijacked genuine concern for the environment, genuine concern for victimhood, and they've weaponized it socially and culturally.
3: Yeah, I, I believe they have. You're right. They, they've done that. And, um, uh, everything can be weaponized now. And, uh, and then people have these like weird attitudes and ideas. Uh, you know, they have this idea that if this is the way it is, then that should be the way it is. Or if this is happening, then this must be happening too. If you're not for me, you're against me. Um, I don't want to invite you to Thanksgiving dinner because you didn't get vaccinated. No vax, no snacks. I mean, it, it's just something that, you know, we're losing our humanity, and and people don't realize they're losing their humanity because they think they're doing something good when in reality they're just they're just making things even more chaotic.
1: Well, right. I mean, I just did a show on the uh, the robot turkey. I called it for uh, Thanksgiving. I did a couple of shows about Thanksgiving, and I was talking about how we've been so disconnected from things like food and things like the land. And it's not that it's you know bad to have someone cook some food for you or deliver some food for you, but even people delivering food through Grubhub is slowly being replaced by autonomous vehicles and drones, whether it's Amazon or Domino's. The human element is being removed everywhere in society. And we're supposed to have, we're supposed to have this, this wonderful utopia, Clyde, but ultimately what's the, what this is resulting in is a disconnected and, and socially inadequate population that would rather just isolate themselves because either they're afraid of getting sick or getting other people sick or they're just too right. immature to deal with social interaction. I mean, this is transhumanism. That's, I think, ultimately where this leads us.
3: I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and I told her, I said, you know, um, I said, you know, I don't go far out away from my home anymore. Because I used to, you know, go downtown, I used to do all these things. But ever since we've had the, you know, the, the riotous behavior in this, you know, two or three block area of downtown Portland, which made Portland just a terrifying place to hang out in. Um, I don't go downtown and and even, even in my neighborhood, I don't go any farther than maybe five minutes away from my house. Like if I want to go to the restaurant to eat, I eat at a restaurant that's five minutes away. If I want to go and buy something, um, you know, to drink or go shopping or go to a store that's five minutes away, I'm just five minutes from my house, except when I go to work, I'm five minutes away from my house every day. whenever, Whenever I go out and do something, I don't go any farther. And it, and I, it's not that I won't. I mean, I will, if I absolutely have to, but I, if I have my if I have my decisions and my and and I have control of the situation, my control of the situation places me within five minutes of my home. And the reason why is because neighborhoods now are just dangerous. They're dangerous places. Um We heard an automatic weapon or semi-automatic weapon go off in our neighborhood the other day. We've had shootings that, and a hostage situation that happened uh, I don't know, two or three miles away from where I live. Um, another guy who lives in a better neighborhood than I live in said that they had an active shooter going through the neighborhood, threatening to kill people. And, and so, you know, uh, that's why, I mean, the other night I had a caller on my show that was saying something to the effect he was saying, well, what I think is going to happen is, is he says, I think that, you know, um, he, he said first, he said, well, he says, uh, the new world order is coming and, uh, you know, and riots are going to happen. And we're going to be in martial law. That's the goal. And I said to him, I said, uh, where are you? And, and you know, he was in some rural area. And I says, dude, it's already happening You know, just because you're not having it happen to you doesn't mean it's not happening in places like Blinn, Seattle, Los Angeles. I mean, these are the areas where it's happening. These major cities are seeing, it. I mean, even in Wisconsin, I mean, now we're seeing guys that, you know, don't have any care for any, any lives drives through a parade. And, uh, you know, and, and, and he didn't fit, he didn't fit the criteria of, of what the narrative wants you to think. I don't know if you noticed this, but, uh, it is, what's his name? David Brooks. Yes. Um, yes. if, if you've noticed there are pictures of him where he's normally, you know, interacting and he looks very dark black or he looks darker. The pictures that they're putting on the internet of him are like white.
1: Are they, are they airbrushing brighter. them? Like they did with Yeah, uh, I think
3: they are. They're making him look whiter than he is, so they don't so we don't have an argument over whether or not he's black.
1: They did that in the um, Trayvon Martin case too, remember that? They yeah, airbrushed yeah. uh Zimmerman.
3: They did it with OJ. I remember when O. J. Simpson, uh there was one um I think it was Newsweek, made OJ's mugshot look blacker and the other one was white and lightened it a little bit. So, you know, it made it blacker, made him look a little bit more evil, you know, because it was like it had no it was no um there's all shadows and made him, making him look gaunt and, and more demonic looking by darkening his skin. Uh, they did the same thing with Patty Hearst, uh, but they didn't darken her skin. they lightened her skin to make her look like she was pallid and, and pale and weak. Um, they do this. They, they, the media does this so that they can, so your attitudes will change about who they are. So the idea of whitening this guy up is because of the fact that people are like freaking out saying, you know, why don't you talk about what happened in Waukesha? Uh, you know, and, and it, now everything's a race issue, even when it's not a race issue and and the media feels guilty. So what are they doing? They're lightening up the picture of David Brooks. And it, it's just obvious that they're doing this. And it's like, guys, you know, let us make our decisions without you guys trying to manipulate us. And it's so all you've been doing is gaslighting and manipulating us. And they have a lot of power to do that with these, you know, like I say, these magic words, neurolinguistic programming and uh, the, the crowd nudging. And they're pushing us towards the idea, again, we go back to the idea of, you know, Omicron, end times, end times, omega times, or whatever. Um, they want us to believe that we live in the end times. They want us to believe the world's going to end. Oh, yeah. They want us to believe that all this is happening. And and maybe it is. Maybe maybe they're slowly easing us into an apocalypse. Um, but maybe it isn't. Maybe maybe they, they're cleverly finding ways to uh, make these things happen. <laughs> and they're going through their little medieval dramas that they usually do in order to prove a point. And it could be that there's a blueprint for the apocalypse, a blueprint for the eschaton that we're not aware of, that they're going to fall on their sword eventually. And this is how your new world order comes comes about.
1: This is what I call a a hitchhiker's guide to Armageddon, because when you start to follow this path and, and you start to notice that, you know, all the things that you've just mentioned, the few things we've talked about so far, Clyde, when you go beyond that, You find that magic, you find that mythology, you find those archetypes, and you find that certainly whether it's media or whether it's a government or whether it's a think tank, they're utilizing the archetypes, they're utilizing the symbols that we understand subconsciously and even unconsciously to play upon our subconscious and unconscious, our religious beliefs, whatever it might be, in order to get us to acquiesce and to accept what is happening whether it's through suggestibility or it's through demands and lockdowns and things like that, this is this is that underlying world uh, that that occult esoteric, uh, what I call of course the secret teachings. It, it it underlies everything, and it can be used for genuine spiritual uh, freedom and enlightenment, or it can be used to control people. And I think about like think about the George Floyd case, Clyde. Think about what happened, George, George Floyd, this guy who nobody knew. George Floyd was a guy who, uh, you know, he, he was dealing with drugs and he had it didn't really have a good past. Put, to put it simple, and what did the media do to him? They took this this black man and they turned him into a god, and then they buried him literally in a golden coffin. And that is the story in ancient Egypt of the god known as the Green Man or the Black God Osiris. They buried him in a golden coffin, and he was cut into fourteen pieces in that story. And there are fourteen pieces. Making up an obelisk at Daly Plaza where Kennedy was assassinated. And of course, Osiris was the king. Kennedy was the king. King Arthur, his administration, Camelot. And they even arrested three people, the police did in Dallas, uh, thinking that those three people that morning uh, were responsible for assassinating the president. And that story didn't get a lot of attention, but those three people that were arrested mirror the Freemasonic story of the three people who killed Hiram Abiff in Solomon's Temple. All of this is just absolutely uh you know if there is a blueprint this is the blueprint this is the underlying current and i think this is what drives everything energetically
3: well and and you know we go back to the eclipse moon it was a three-hour eclipse moon it was the uh, excuse me the frost moon and uh, we had a show that night uh before it happened and we had uh, robert phoenix on the show and man he was just going to town telling us all this stuff about the threes <clears throat> uh, vision, triplicity, uh, everything, uh, pointing out that, you know, you'll be seeing a lot of threes show up and a lot of things going on. And sure enough, I mean, you know, we have the three guys going to trial for the, uh, Ahmed Aubrey case. We have, uh, uh three people shot, uh, in the, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse case. Uh, we have, uh, now the situation happening in Waukesha. Uh, we, uh, uh, we were told even by, uh, uh, Michael Hoffman, like days before he said, Pay attention to the 33rd-degree parallel and the 45th-degree
1: parallel. That's in Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin's Wisconsin's like...
3: Uh, Wisconsin, yes. It's the the, uh, center of the northwestern hemisphere.
1: Well, that show that you and I did on the 19th, Doctor's Orders, we talked a lot about Heldor, and we were discussing uh, during the show, uh, we were talking about how there was the shooting in Aurora Aurora, Colorado, which takes us back to James Holmes. And for me, I did a lot of shows on Holmes and the introduction to the 2012 Olympics because there was a a, a number of sevens. And, of course, the woman that carried the torch was Holmes. And the shooting right before the closing ceremony, the guy lived on Holmes Avenue and he was from Colorado and all these strange synchronicities and so-called coincidences. And that shooting that took place, uh, I believe it was on the 19th in Aurora, you know, that that. Connected with so many other things that, like we were talking about, uh, it was Hinckley High School, right? And then John Hinckley was supposed to be yep. released next year Relief. at, at sixty seven. Yep. That's six seven. That's thirteen. Uh, the fifty eighth anniversary of Kennedy's assassination, five eight. That's thirteen. And, and it just this happens every year, every month, every yeah. week, every day. It's a it's a cycle. And when you see it, you start to see that blueprint to the eschaton you're talking about.
3: Yeah, I mean the numbers are there. Uh, the experiences are have, the synchronicities are are amazing. Um, and the thing is, is that you know people say, well, you can make a synchronicity out of anything. Well, that's not the point of the synchronicity. The synchronicity is basically meaningful. That may not mean anything to you, but for the educated and those who are aware and what to look for, it means a lot. Um, and and in a lot of uh, respects, it goes back to the idea that uh, what Robert Anton Wilson said is there's a point where you reach Chapel Perilous. And you're thinking to yourself, this is all quackery and weird, or it's reality and, and reality falls into the mathematics. Reality falls into the numbers. Reality falls into the coincidences and the synchronicities. And these are the things that make life interesting, not just going through your day-to-day, being bored out of your mind, but being able to be aware of, isn't that peculiar? Wasn't that ironic? Isn't it strange? Um, yeah, I mean, the world is strange. And I mean, we we tend to... Um, it's like, I, I've talked about this before, this, this effect where, you know, the body, uh, tunes out things. I mean, like right now you're wearing socks or maybe you're not wearing socks, but most people are listening. If they're wearing socks, you're not thinking about the fact you're wearing socks. You, you just, you, you take for granted they're on your feet. because you put them on in the morning, but you don't even think about them the whole day because your body tunes out the fact you have socks on. Um, and then if somebody points out, Hey, you have socks on. Oh, okay. Um, and that's the point with the paranormal. That's the point with uh, experiences such as these. Uh, the The mind has a has a certain certain people tune out certain things that they don't think are important. And then all of a sudden, something is just shaking itself out. you saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you look, and then you realize, oh, my God, it's been there the whole time, and I haven't noticed it. This has been going on the whole time, and I haven't noticed it. Or I've been just so ignorant and, and out there and not listening that finally someone has pointed out to me what's going on. And that's why when people say to me, I don't believe in the paranormal. I don't believe in these experiences you talk about. And I said, that's because no one's pointed out to you that you're having these experiences. You've tuned them out. And, and that's why you don't experience them. But if you're aware of what to look for, it reminds me of that that story, um, uh, where I I think it was in what the bleak do we know It was a movie that uh, came out talking about awareness and, and, uh, perception. And they were saying that, um, back, uh, during the times of the indigenous people before the, um, before the pilgrims showed up room Columbus, um, there were many people that were, you know, on the land. And, um, the shaman would show up and say, Hey, if you looked out in the ocean, there are boats out there, huge boats and they're carrying people and the people didn't see them. They looked out in the ocean. "Oh, you're crazy. We don't see anything. And so finally it took the shaman to point to them. Look, look at this. See that, see that, see this, see this, that proves that they're coming. And finally, when they were finally shown what to look for, because they hadn't seen anything like that before. And when they were shown what to look for, all of a sudden, bam, oh, my God, they're coming and they're coming in great numbers. Um, same with UFOs. You look at UFOs and people say, well, I don't believe in UFOs. Where if well, if they're unidentified and they're flying, those are UFOs. What you're trying to tell me is that you don't believe that UFOs are piloted by alien beings.
1: So yes, big difference.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, that's fine if you don't believe that. But I'm just saying that to to act as though that you're too sophisticated to understand that your brain has tuned out some of the most, you know, minute things that you overlook. And then when they show up one day and you're like shocked, why are you so shocked? Because Your brain is analyzing so many things at once and the subconscious picks up on everything. The unconscious picks up on everything and it's it's working uh, all the time. Your conscious mind is only working when you're awake. You know, uh, when you go to sleep and when you're, when you're in a daze or when you're in a trance and everything is working without you. And so that, that's the thing that I think most people don't realize is that, you know, we live in a world that is like a simulation and, and, and yet we've been, we've gotten so used to things around us that we don't see, uh, things that are out of the ordinary. Now, people like me who see patterns, I see patterns and things of that nature. Um, I see these things and, I, and that's why I think that, um, um, my show has been such a success it's because people always say, you always have this uncanny knack for seeing things that other people don't. And I said, well, it's because I do. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't know if it's a form of schizophrenia or what it is, but I mean, I see the world in a different way than most. And, and I have to have an angle. I know what the angle is when I hear it. It's one of those things where I don't have an agenda, but I have an angle. And when I hear that angle, I decide to go for that angle. And that's why I do what I do. Um, otherwise I'd be like anybody else and I'm sure there are times where I replicate other people and, and that's by accident. Cause I really don't listen to anyone, maybe you and uh, you know, every once in a while I catch someone's shows, but I try not to listen to other shows so I'm not influenced by them. Um, I don't listen to Alex Jones. I don't listen to anybody like that. I don't listen to George all that much, although I used to listen to George, you know, at night listening, coming home, but I just don't listen to anybody. I'm, I don't want to be distracted. By my own algorithm, you know what I'm saying. Well, well, I like my algorithm the way it is.
1: A lot of what you're talking about is, I call it normalcy bias. You know, we're not really conditioned to go into the bathroom, turn the water on to wash our hands, and have no water. We're so used to having the water. We're so used to having lights to illuminate our our, our places or things to watch on TV. You know, we really don't mm-hmm. consider that it's a possibility that one day we don't have running water, or one day we don't right. ha- we don't have food in the fridge. But I, I also think we can't allow ourselves to think well, we've had it good for a long time, so let's just allow people who are unelected, people who are billionaires to make some new decisions that will take away all the abundance for everybody and thrust all of us into poverty. Right. And this is, this has begun with you know the so-called pandemic, and it's strange to me that you've got the so-called royal family, Clyde, and you've got Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and these other people that some have never heard of before, who are essentially controlling and running the entire operation? Where virtually every country, bar a few, decided to do the exact same pro- have the exact same process for mitigating COVID nineteen. They've done the exact same thing. They mm-hmm. followed a pattern. Every world leader is doing and saying the same thing, and virtually every country is on board with resetting not only the economy but resetting the the, the so called climate with new climate initiatives that cost hundreds of trillions of dollars. I just can't help but think. It's non-coincidental that, that someone like Prince Philip before he died said, in the event that I'm reincarnated, I'd like to return as a deadly virus in order to contribute something to overpopulation or to solving overpopulation. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. just telling that that one line there that he I think it was back in like the 80s. He gave that interview. That's very telling of what the the, the royal family and the Klaus Schwab's and the, the World Health Organization and the Bill Gates really think about the rest of the population, and yet these are the people that claim they're going to save us from something that they are profiting and benefiting from.
3: Right. I mean, the people are going to pay outrageous sums of money to hear what they already know, and that's the thing. It's it's one of the deep secrets of cults. It's the deep secrets of religions. People pay a lot of money uh, to hear what they already know, and if you don't speak to them and tell them what they already know, they're not going to pay you any money. And that's the point. I mean, people want to hear that they're failures. They want to hear that they're they're sinners. They want to hear that they can be saved. They want to hear that that someone has the solution, and all you got to do is just pay your money for that solution. Um, and even if they don't give the solution, you're paying your money just to hear that they have the solution. You're paying money to hear that God is in control because these are things you tell yourself anyway. And you just got to be a part of a group that basically reinforces that cognitive bias or that normalcy bias. That's what politics are doing, but politics are doing it in a more evil way. You know, people are people want to hear and they want to take sides because it's like they look at it as a football game. Well, my group's better than your group, my race is better than your race, and it becomes a fetishist activity where you know people tend to uh, turn it into. I guess it's either fetishism or sapotheosis, but so they they want to be able to you know make it godlike or it, it, it's it's syncretic. Um, syncretism, uh, the idea of having something more, uh, divine running the show. And that's, that's why I I was talking with you and and we were talking about the rise of the antichrist. I mean, with lack of a better term, I mean, the antichrist is due, uh, probably next year. And, and and that's the thing is I think people are waiting, uh, you know, they're waiting for someone to come forward and say, I am the antichrist. They're not going to do that. Um, and that's the trouble I have with all these literalists that are saying, well, I don't think that I don't think the vaccine is the mark of the beast, but I think it's preparing us for the mark of the beast. Oh, okay. So they're preparing us for the mark of the beast. How? By getting you to comply with something that appears to be the mark of the beast. Uh, you know, why don't you just come right out and say that this thing is keeping you from buying, selling, doing business. Um, it's it's creating poverty. It's creating economic slowdown, and it's a way to track you. Um, and, and it also uh, it also basically changes the DNA spikes and proteins in the body, much like what they wanted to do in the in the Garden of Eden when the serpent wanted to do it after eating the forbidden fruit or uh, the methylene wanted to do it when they were having sex with those women. I mean, this is something that has been going on for millennia, the idea of an infiltration or incursion of an alien pathogen that goes into the bloodline and basically changes the germline of humankind. They've already, they've succeeded in doing that now. So you can call it a mark or you can call it something else, but to sit there and say, Oh, I'll, I'll know when it's the mark of the beast. You don't know anything. And I, and I, I just really find it, you know, annoying that people think they know when they don't know. And I always say to them, I say, well, you know what? You're trying to tell me that if the devil wants you to take the mark of the beast, he's going to be very forthcoming and saying, this is the mark of the beast,' and this isn't what do you want? They're not going to do that. That's not, I mean, the, the true evil in this world right now, Ryan, is no choice. And what I mean by that is, is that it's like, I'm going to offer you a sandwich full of dog crap, and I'm going to offer you a pile of dog crap. Which one do you want to
1: eat? Well, at least I, I get I bread, I like bread with bread. one. So, what's that? I said at least I get bread with one, right?
3: Yeah, at least you get bread with one. That's the whole point, yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to get bread with this, I'll just take the dog crap with bread. Well, that's good, you're still eating dog crap. And that's what they're doing with the vaccine. Either you're going to take the vaccine, or you're gonna you're gonna uh, be forced to do all this other stuff that you don't want to do that goes against every principle you have of your dignity and human uh, and your uh, your humanity, and they're gonna change all this for you. And if you don't comply, they're gonna treat you like oh I don't know the dogs or or even the rats, the subhuman, the untermensch that they had at the time of Germany. Yeah, I mean we're already the untermensch. Uh, People uh, who don't yeah. get vaccines. The uh, another and
1: another trans- way to demean What's that? another way to demean and degrade what it means to be human. I mean, it's part of right. the eradication process of organic right. life. That's what it, why it connects to transhumanism right. as well.
3: I mean, when when the Germans said that the Jews were rats, they weren't speaking figuratively. They believed they were. They believed that they needed to be exterminated. Um, and and so at the moment, you hear people all the time saying things like, "Well, you know." Um, you know, people go into the hospital and they're not vaccinated. They shouldn't be treated because of all the other people that were treated and they get COVID. And all this other. I mean, they literally see them as, as not, worth, not worth living.
1: Well, what happened to, to, to innocent as, until proven guilty, too? Because it's like a healthy person walking around who has no sign or symptom of, of any kind of disease or sickness or anything. They just suddenly but, they're a threat and they're a danger you know, I mean, right. here in the United States, we're lucky that we have a, a, a triune form of government where the court system still, in most cases, upholds individual liberty in the Constitution, where we've had mandates for vaccines at schools and at businesses. Uh, they've, they've had to allow people to, uh, you know, have religious exemptions or other types of exemptions, and the courts have upheld those exemptions. But what we're not seeing is the media report on that. The only time you can find that the court system is working or that the Republic is working for you is by digging into files, by digging into, you know, very obscure news sources or by digging into government websites. The media doesn't tell you any of that. Something I wanted to share with you about, about what Dr. Heldor had told me, he told you that Aurora was the antichrist and he told us the same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the, when we'd had our Ouija board sessions and you know, I thought a lot about that, Clyde. And when I asked Heldor, um, you're talking about the devil not giving people a choice. And the de- the devil, in that sense, is a trickster, right? A false yeah. light. So right. Heldor told me this. Heldor said and it was very simple, uh, the, the responses. And it was a very short session. I didn't even intend to talk to Heldor. But uh, he, t- he said, Aurora is the Antichrist. And I pressed what that means. And he said, Aurora is the dawn. But Aurora is also the false light. So when I went back to look at some mythology to just make sure I was, you know, I was I was reading it right. He said um, Aurora was Apollo's sister. And that's not true. Aurora's sister is the moon and Apollo's sister is Artemis in Greek or Diana in Rome. And so that means Aurora is an extension of Artemis, Diana, And if Aurora is a false light, then she is a false light or he is. It is a false light that extends from the goddess Diana. And I find it really, really interesting that someone like Prince William, if you're looking for a direct physical personality that could be an antichrist, was birthed on the summer solstice and. Prince William had his birth induced intentionally on the summer solstice and he of course is an extension of a princess who was named after the goddess Diana and that just kind of gets us started on what Prince William might be but I think that if Prince William let's say Prince William was the Antichrist Clyde let's just say that he was people might get confused and say what I thought AI was the Antichrist it's like well. The AI systems, the algorithms, whether it's the Aurora supercomputer that's being sponsored by the Department of Energy or it's the, the global tracking system, your global ID, your vaccine passports, your your carbon credits, all connected to a computer system and ruled through a centralized authority, the so-called antichrist would probably use that system. So you'd get a combination of Aurora, maybe Prince William, and AI that would come together and give you the Antichrist that Dr. Heldor warned us about.
3: Well, and, and another thing about Diana, which is interesting, is you look in the book of Revelation where it talks about the woman that comes from the heaven who has the sun, clothed in the sun and the moon at her feet, wearing a crown of 12 stars. Mm-hmm. Well, the woman with the moon at her feet is the moon goddess, the moon goddess is Diana. Yep. The sun, clothes, the sun that clothes around her is the, is the, uh, the glory of God. Uh, meaning the glory of the church and the 12 stars are representations of the, the um the uh, the the sea goddess um which of course again goes back to diana goes back to Astarte, goes back to artemis and all these other names and and then um the 12 stars the, uh, the 12 stars within the european union mm-hmm. so you you've got you've got all of this stuff that talks about this and then uh, this woman is pregnant Diana is pregnant. She has a child. The child is, is raised by the goddess or, or Diana until a dragon rises from the ocean to devour that child in front of her. And the word devour, it doesn't mean it's going to eat the child. It means it's going to teach the child and the dragon will teach the child. Now, the dragon, if you know uh, anything about England, uh, know anything about Wales, the flag of Wales is the dragon and Prince Charles is from Wales or he's the, he's the prince of Wales. So we have the dragon that that appears, uh, the, the son that gets devoured by the father, uh, basically taught to be like him, and then eventually he becomes a king that rules with an iron scepter. Um, this is this is in your Bibles, okay? This is something that um, he comes forward as as a king that was promised, and that king is a counterfeit king, basically because he will claim that he is of the bloodline of Jesus or the bloodline of of David or Joseph of Arimathea. And that's what the Anglo-Israelis, the Israelites, the anglo israeli uh, Israelites believe, uh, which again goes back to Heldor talking about acts 29, which, uh, he talked about on our session, talked about acts 29, saying that, um, you know, he said that there was no 29th chapter of acts, but I was reading that, uh, there is uh, a book that was in the Bible that was Acts twenty nine. It was basically about Paul. Ah, uh, the Apostle Paul writing about uh, how he went to Britannia and uh, taught the uh, the Jews there at St. Paul's Cathedral, which led to uh, the idea that um, the 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 people of England were the new Romans or the new Jews, and uh, a number of them thought they were the new Romans, the others thought they were the new Jews, and so they were they were actually saying that they believed that the the king or the the the, the Messiah would come to England and would rule in England. Um, And then, of course, there's the Arthurian legends of King Arthur uh, being the once and future king. And what's interesting about all of that is that um, when um, Prince William was born, uh, Charles wanted to call him Arthur. And Princess Diana wouldn't allow it, but they put Arthur in his name. And he can take that name if he becomes king. So can Prince Charles, because there's Arthur in his name as well. What was interesting was that uh, before Princess Diana died, she said, I hope that I can become William's Merlin. She said she wanted to be his Merlin, and what's really also bizarre is that when Diana died, uh, they put her body in a sepulcher that is, um, that is, uh, there's two pillars, like the goddess, and then there's uh, a sepulcher sits in the middle of a lake. And so Diana literally becomes the lady of the lake. The lady She's of the lake, the and the
1: they, and they put her out in the wilderness, which is the domain of the goddess Artemis or Diana. Exactly. I mean it's it's totally intentional. And I mean if you read uh, yeah. read the chapter uh, chapter 12 in Revelations what you're citing, if you look at Luke 132, uh, the line he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. That's William being born on the summer solstice, the most high, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, claiming to be as Charles and Elizabeth do, part of the bloodline of King David, but it's a phony, fictitious bloodline. Right,
3: because they would they believe that, you know, Jesus Christ um and and Mary and Margaret actually gave birth to children and they became the kings of the world, which means that, you know, there's no reason for the atonement, which would immediately, um, I guess negate the idea of Christianity. So it makes a counterfeit, makes counterfeit religion in the church of England and the Orthodox faith. And the, the Pope knows this, Prince knows this, uh, the queen knows this. And yet they continue to fool everyone into thinking that their nobility, that you can trace the bloodlines all the way back to King David, because of Anglo-Israelism. In fact, if you, have you ever heard the song, Jerusalem? Um, if you can find a copy of it, you ought to play it on your show, because you'd listen to the words of Jerusalem. Uh, it talks about, uh, that, uh, Jesus will return on British, on uh, Britain's uh, green shores.
1: That's and like that, the, the uh, poem by William Blake, right? Yeah. It was
3: based on the poem by William Blake about the satanic mills and And all that in that uh, in the end, Jesus will return to reign or the Messiah will come to reign in England.
1: Well, that's kind of also like the 2012 Olympics. I mean, I I don't think that they, quote unquote, predicted COVID like some people have been saying. But if you looked at those Olympics, you know, right after that James Mm -hmm. Holmes shooting in Aurora, Colorado, you had a lot of strange Mm -hmm. stuff. All the roads that led into the giant uh, arena, the giant stadium were all biblical in in nature. Uh, They used Mm -hmm. heavy solar and phallic symbolism. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean the whole thing. Plus, you have this image of death and all the children. The whole thing was right. very, and, and very and bizarre. Well, the the,
3: the twenty twelve, uh, uh, the the twenty twelve Olympics logo. When you inverted it, it, became the word Zion.
1: Right, it became Zion, exactly the new the new Jerusalem. Yeah. New Jerusalem,
3: yeah, and and that's why I was thinking that it would be then that we would hear the announcement of you know because. Uh, they had it sitting on uh, zero time. The whole thing sat on the on the zero time and meridian. Um, and I thought that this would be the best place to announce that there is no time. That this is the end times, and that uh, that the royalty and the royals would basically make a pact with the Catholic Church, and the, the Catholic Church would make a pact with the uh, the Jews and the Muslims, and that we would have uh, we would have a, a ecumenical religion that would be announced during the Olympics. That didn't happen, but it just seemed like all of the roads were pointing to the idea of making that revelation that uh, the Church of England and the, the heads of the Church of England were going to be our new gods and our new, our new messiahs. And they're already talking like they are now with you know, Prince Charles saying that they need an army to fight those who don't want to uh, join their new cult, and it's the imperial cult. It's something that's been a part of uh, the end times eschaton uh, for a long time.
1: Plucking those three horns, Clyde, Washington, London, and the Vatican, and replacing them with that little horn. Maybe it's Prince William. I'm Ryan Gable. Yeah. This is The Secret Teachings. Clyde Lewis is with us this evening from Ground Zero. More with Clyde and myself after this, going into the next hour. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. If you'd like to subscribe to the archive, you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. That's the thesecretteachings.info. Get access to all the shows, the montages, my digital books, and more. Or check us out on Patreon. Clyde Lewis, Ground Zero, Aftermath FM. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The music tonight, White Bat Audio.
0: www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and fringe FM,
1: but most importantly, it supports you. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro-1 water filter long before the company became Pro-1. After a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro 1 water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support The Secret Teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in a hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support The Secret Teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM.
3: They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the
2: good stuff. It's like you're all working for the same guy.
0: Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the paranormal radio app and talk stream live where the normal and paranormal collide it's the fringe fm are you intrigued by paranormal talk radio you'll love the new paranormal radio app from talk stream live you'll find a great selection of talk shows covering ufos ghosts strange phenomena and much more Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store.
2: This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash Teachings.
1: Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening. As we broadcast on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. Another show Saturday mornings, re-airing Saturday nights, starting 9am to 10am Pacific time on Aftermath FM. Joining me on the broadcast this evening is a good friend of mine and colleague, Clyde Lewis of Ground Zero and from Aftermath. FM And Clyde and I have done a number of shows together over the years. It seems like our shows are coming together more and more on the subjects of things like black goo or black oil. And now Dr. Heldor having two and, uh, for Clyde, multiple Ouija board experiences with this energy or this character named Dr. Heldor. I had one with no expectation of speaking to uh, this doctor of the human condition. I sat down with my fiancé to just use the board. Uh, on the one-year anniversary of us having uh, tried the board for the first time together. And we got we got this this energy, Dr. Heldor, that wanted to speak to us. And uh, I had Heldor spell some of the answers backwards when I had asked questions. Uh, and for those of you who are afraid of the Ouija board, I cleanse the space, I have the proper intention, and I allow nothing on the board as so far as I have the power to do so that could be perceived as malicious. And Dr. Heldor came through and told us some things like Aurora is the Antichrist. Upon investigating that, Dr. Heldor said Aurora is also Apollo's sister, which is not mythologically correct, but Aurora as a false light. Another thing Dr. Heldor told us, Aurora means dawn, but as a false light, it would be, uh, you know, Aurora is an extension of this goddess who is the sister of Apollo. It's Artemis or Diana. And so I've been thinking more and more that Prince William, born in the summer solstice, the most high, is very likely a good candidate for the Antichrist, especially considering that his bloodline supposedly connects to King David. Although we know just on the surface that the British royal family aren't even British, they're they are they're not even English, they're German, saxe coburg Gotha, not Windsor. They think that their bloodline or they claim their bloodline goes back to King David. Uh, and that Jesus had uh, a number of children with Mary, and the bloodline continued. Now, I was thinking, Clyde, I've read uh, through so many different religious texts, the Gnostic Bible, uh, the, the, the various uh, scrolls and, and, and books that were kept out of the Bible, and uh, I'm not repulsed by the idea that Jesus may have had a family, but I still don't think that means that the royals are descendant from Jesus Christ. I, I think that that is obvious fraud. But what do you think of that? Do you do you think that Jesus could have had a family?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I don't have a problem with Jesus having a family either. In fact, if you if you want to read, like uh, Mary Magdalene was probably Jesus's lover. Um, the reason why is because when he was in the garden, she wanted to touch him, and he said, "Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father." Which means that you know she wanted to touch him in a way that would not be uh, appropriate, especially since he hasn't ascended to, to heaven yet. Um, the idea that uh, he had children; uh, is not far-fetched. But the idea that he did not die on the—that he did not uh, carry the atonement out—is the thing that is most troubling about the idea of the children. Meaning that instead of being crucified, he went to Gaul, he went to Britain, and that's exactly what Paul did. <laughs> it, it's like the, it's like we have this uh, this confusion uh, within the I guess the canon, if you will. There's a confusion there. That uh, the Merovingians believe also that uh, there are descendants, uh, French descendants of Jesus, um, and that's the whole idea. These royal bloodlines are 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 fighting for that that place. Um, and even there's uh, there's even a, the thoughts that uh, the angels, like Michael the Archangel, and and all these other angels, are basically subjects of other bloodlines. They're fighting against uh, fighting against the Antichrist.
1: Well wasn't wasn't uh, Lady Diana also killed? that tunnel was was basically uh, built yeah. on top of an old Merovingian uh, battle site, right?
3: Yeah, it was called Ponte Alma, which means it's the it's the bridge of souls. and uh, there's the there was talk then when um, you know when there were ever Merovingian battles on that site, uh, that what happened is that the, that if a person was to die, on that site or was killed on that site, their descendants would become the equivalent of Jesus Christ on earth. Um, and that would, that would be something too that you could look into that, you know, according to Merovingian sacrificial rite, that those children of princess Diana are heirs to the throne of heaven. And they even called Diana the queen of heaven because of that. She's the queen of heaven. Um, much, I mean, and if you look at, um, the holy grail uh the sangreal if you will um mary was considered uh the rose that carried the grail to carry the holy grail was the blood of christ She, she carried the blood of christ um and she was the rose that's why you have santa rosa that's why you have all that and it's interesting that princess diana and remember you know mary is a representation of isis she's a representation of um, a start day, uh, Diana. And of course we have Diana who became England's Rose. She was England's Rose and she was carrying the, she was considered a Holy grail of sorts because yes. she was carrying the, 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 uh, the bloodline, if you will, the true bloodline of the, of the, uh, Stuarts and the bloodline of, of Prince William. Uh, and, and so there are many things about Prince William as well that are interesting, like people say that he would suffer, a, the Antichrist would suffer a head wound, and that, um, that uh, people would marvel after him, and then he would suddenly you know, after three days, come back. That happened to Prince William. He was actually think uh, a polo match, and somebody hit him with a club, and he had a, a wound, and he was, he was going to die. He went into a coma, and, uh, and then he came out of it after three days, and uh, in fact, if you look at Prince William, he has uh, he has the scar on his forehead, and uh, he calls it his Harry Potter wound or his Harry Potter scar, um, because he said it looks like a lightning
1: bolt. When they buried uh, Lady Diana, you know, you said she became the Lady of the lake. She was buried in the wilderness, so that's the domain of yeah. the goddess. But uh, you know when yeah. I think about Diana, they they built these other little things for Diana as well. They built the little black pentagram with the flaming torch on top of it. Uh, They built her the uh, the statue of the goose, which is a symbol of Aphrodite, the goddess. And of course, you know, it's it's strange. She became the lady of the lake. England's rose. The rose is a symbol of initiation into the mysteries, which have been interpreted as literal and then distorted and perverted by uh, some of these elite families for power and control over the subconscious minds of, of the population. You know, she said she was his Merlin. And then you have JFK. Also, JFK was assassinated in a very similar way to Diana at high noon, with overtones of Hiram Abiff's murder. And he was, you know, obviously shot in the head. And uh, that's how Hiram Abiff died. He was he was uh, hammered uh, in the head with a mallet several times. I mean, what 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 is the it's connection actually,
3: there? There's actually the thought that you know, you know, Princess Diana did not die in the car crash. Um, she was conscious and alert when they approached the car. Uh, they put her in an ambulance and then she died on the way to the hospital. Um there's there's actually a theory that two theories that I haven't been able to uh concur on, but one is that she was pregnant with Dory Alpha's baby and the other is that they bled her death. And uh it was a ritualistic bleeding of the princess. Um and that um her blood is has been preserved. Uh, much like they would preserve a finger from a saint or something, but they preserved
1: Princess Diana's blood for some ritual that will be like happening a, in the future, like a like a holy grail, a literal yeah. holy grail. Well, have you yeah. did Did you see some that? Brown. Did yeah. you see that strange? Uh, I don't know if it's still there in the department store, but they had that strange memorial for her and Dottie Fade with the uh, vesica Pisces and all the Egyptian iconography, and then they had her cup from her last supper with her lipstick on it in a little glass pyramid with two pillars of the priestess on the sides of it. You ever seen that? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know if you ever seen the, the, there's also a Prince Charles um, Savior of the World uh, statue that was unveiled in Brazil where he has wings, and he looks like the devil, and he's flying down to save the world. Um, you know, there there's a lot of iconography, uh, yeah. even the dragons within the industrial or at least the, uh, the epicenter of business in England. I mean, the dragons are everywhere, and their representation of the coat of arms of of the english dragon of increase or the idea of dragons representing prosperity um all the dragons all the all the uh, if you look at the coat of arms if you look at uh the if you look at the symbolism of the european union and parliament uh if you go to the parliament and and, uh, and you look at um what they have there i guess in brussels um you see that the the building itself looks like an unfinished Tower of Babel, and in the courtyard and on several uh, um, tapestries that are in the building, you see the woman, the Whore of Babylon, riding the bull, riding the ox, riding the
1: beast. Did you see, speaking of the Tower of Babel, did you see that uh, that nurse, and I think she was in Colorado, that took a bunch of Moderna vaccine vials and she made a chandelier out of it? And if you turn it upside down, at least to me, it kind of looked like Kirscher's Tower of Babel from the drawing. I didn't I didn't know that. It was very, very bizarre. In fact, uh, our mutual friend, Kev Baker, he showed me the uh, the chip for the quantum computer, I think, of the D-Wave, and it looks like a Tower of Babel. Mm. And, uh, why, do you, why do you think that, I mean, I have my own views, and I'm pretty sure that most of my listeners know why. I'm sure they know your views as well, Clyde, on this. But why do you think they use this? this symbolism so heavily, does it just, does it give them power? Is it, is it all about the subconscious, all about the the magic endowed in those symbols and those, you know, those, uh, those icons?
3: Jean Baudrillard said that we respond to symbols more so than respond to other things. And sigils are very powerful. Um, and you know, literally, uh, if we get back to what we talked about in the beginning with the idea of words and nudging and, uh, li- uh, linguistic programming, neural linguistic programming. Take a look at the letter of the alphabet or the Greek letters that represent omicron. Um, they are powerful sigils. They would mean absolutely nothing unless we gave meaning to them. And so they were empowered. that Roman numerals, um, you know, uh, the letters of the alphabet—they are empowered to convey a message. Um, and and so, just all the way down to what we say, what we write and what we produce, uh, on a daily basis. Words are powerful. They're sigils. Symbols are powerful. Uh, they have meaning to them. Uh, and that's why if people are learned and they recognize the symbols for what they are, they can easily piece together. Um, you know, if something's going on, that's why when people say, Oh, you're just reading into it. No, you're not reading into it. There are reasons why people respond to symbols. I mean, if I was to walk into a uh, synagogue wearing a swastika, I don't think I'd be very popular. It's because of It has a very, very it has been a charged uh, sigil that represents the deaths of millions of people and uh, a government that uh, you know wanted to take over the world. Uh, that symbol used to mean uh, something else uh, in the times of India and Hinduism. and and uh,
1: you know, Native Americans too, the the whirling logs right. of the Native Americans, medicine doctors. Right.
3: Right. And so, and and not only that, but you know, people say, well, numbers mean nothing. Well, if I tell you, if I say, what does the number 13 mean to you? And so I say, well, that's supposed to be an unlucky number. Well, why do you think it's an unlucky number? It's just a number. Well, then I go, okay, what about six, six, six? Well, that's the mark of the beast. Well, okay. It's just six, six, six. Why do you call it the mark of the beast? It's because it's been empowered to send that message, you know, putting the right letters together are empowered to send, to make a word and send a message. and And then we take it all, Uh, into the AI concept. And we say to ourselves, well, how can I put words, phrases, and images together to create sigils that I can put out on the internet that are memes and memes are sigils. Memes are another form of sigil magic that they're doing on the internet. And that's why people um, do sigils. That's why they do the memes because meme magic is very
1: real. See, that's what frightened me so much about groups like BLM where they're doing like Edenic rituals dressed up like, uh, you know, some kind of angel. Uh, Patrice Coolers did that in L.A. Uh, or they're pouring out libations to the dead to summon the spirits in their own words. You know, not only are they trained Marxists, but they were trying to summon the dead, summon their, their ancestral spirits to advance their political agenda. Now, I mean, there's nothing wrong with summoning, you know, your ancestors. We do that with Halloween. We do that when we we, we pray, pray to God or we you know, ask right. our our father or aunt or uncle who died to help us, but when you're doing right. it for malicious reasons or to advance a political cultural agenda, I think that falls into the category of black magic. Personally, it's a little bit different.
3: Well, it's a curse. It, it's priestcraft. Um, it, priestcraft is where you where, where you use politics and religion as a as a cudgel to get the people to follow, and that's why um, you know if you gave the Catholic Church. A moment they would basically take over the world and be the government. If they gave them the opportunity, In fact, they are uh, a government in a lot of respects. Same with the church of England. I mean, the church of England is actually wanting power and dominion over, you know, uh, Israel. They want power and dominion over Rome. You know, they want to be the new Romans. Why do they think you call it London? London is just the end of Babylon, you know, long done. It's the son of Babylon. <laughs> That's what <laughs> yeah. Londun means. Uh, it, it, it means it's the son of Babylon or the bridge to Babylon. I mean that's why the Rolling Stones called their album "Bridges to Babylon" because the idea of uh, London is the bridge to Rome, Um, and and they want to be the Holy Roman Empire. They want to be the new Holy Roman Empire. They want to be the Fourth Reich. They want to be the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Um, Sure, it'll be ruled out of Davos for the moment, but I think that all all uh, I think all points uh, all indications show that it's going to be uh, coming out of a religious, at least a religious firmament, which means it it has to have. Um, some sort of a spirituality to it in order to make it stick. And I think that they're really turning climate change into a, into a spiritual movement, um, an environmental spiritual movement, along with the science scientism uh, being the, the technocratic uh, civic religion. And people are going to fall for it because they're going to, you know, it's like I would say to people, I think it was Joseph Campbell that made this statement. He says, if you want to kill a god, you just ignore him. And I think that that's what's going on with technocracy is that you're killing God in order to bring about the science. And, and so, you know, spirituality is, just, you, you have to have a spirituality to rely on yourself now. You can't rely on someone else to tell you how to live your life.
1: And they're also killing science in the process, too. They're killing reason and logic. I mean, these are the very uh, philosophical definitions of God, according to a lot of philosophers. Yeah. You get rid of reason and logic and objectivity. You get rid of science all in the name of science. And you get a society, you get a culture of people who have no meaning, no purpose. I mean, I think that's, that's really at the core of these, these attacks on things like Thanksgiving. We, we've seen a lot of that the last couple of weeks. And I was thinking, you know what, Native Americans had their own givings of thanks. People all over the world give thanks for different things. They have different festivals, different reasons. And when you're saying let's get rid of Thanksgiving for some fictitious, uh, you know, misidentified, out-of-context a historical narrative. What you're really saying is, let's get rid of culture. Let's get rid of the the myths and the legends and the the things that hold our culture together. Let's get rid of the tradition. Let's get rid of the families and the communities. I mean, that is an assault on humanity.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, they're telling us. Uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, reports uh, on the internet saying we need to quit romanticizing Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody is uh, uh, thinking to themselves that you know uh, the colonists were perfect. In fact, I have never seen in our history that the colonists were perfect, but I mean, to have that thrown in your face all the time saying, well, you know, these colonists that came to this America took the indigenous people's land away from them and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We know the Holocaust of the, of the uh, indigenous people happened. We know this, but we can't change that now. And we can all, and, and we're not going to, and I don't think anybody, Sits there and thinks about the first Thanksgiving in a way that people who are wanting to focus on the killing and the mass- massacres. I think that, I think that really, you know, it, it's a sad, it's a horrible thing. It's a, it's a black spot on our history. But do we need to be, you know, reminded at Thanksgiving that if we're going to be eating Thanksgiving turkey and everything that we're going to have to stop and think, well, this whole dinner represents the massacre? It doesn't. And not anymore. I mean,
1: no, it's supposed to represent uh, abundance and and yeah and,
3: it, yeah and it, 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 the, the story of the settlers uh, and the colonists and what they did to the indigenous people have nothing to do with Thanksgiving it, and, and because Thanksgiving itself was uh, something that was established you know four hundred years ago. Um, and I, I just don't understand why every time we have to be reminded like, yeah Columbus was a jerk. you know that. Um, but Columbus is not our responsibility. He's Spain's responsibility. I don't know why we have a Columbus Day, but we do. Um, you know, Canada has a Thanksgiving too. Do you think they stop and say, what about all of the Canadians that massacred the, the, you know, aboriginal people of Canada? I don't think they do that. In America, though, we bitch and we moan about how this happened, but we have nothing to do with it. I mean, these are colonists that came in, and, and they did it, and sure, there are some descendants who are involved with this, but most of the people that came here were immigrants themselves. And they had nothing to do with the indigenous populations being killed. And, yes, we remember how horrible that was. But that's not what Thanksgiving's for. Thanksgiving's for the abundance and the love and the, and the, and the humanity that comes with being together and realizing how important family is. It, I mean, the dark history of Valentine's Day. I mean, think about that for a moment. You know, if we were to think about what Valentine's Day was really about, then we're going to hear about Saint Valentine being beheaded or whatever happened to him,
1: or or something just as simple as the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, the things that the things that we celebrate, we don't really understand the origins of them. It's no doubt that we romanticize, you know, history, but that's part of our culture. That's part of the mythology and the legends yeah. and the folklore. That's important. We need that, even if it just means that we need it so we don't repeat those mistakes again. I, I was uh-huh. thinking about these. These things we talked about on the last show we did, uh, doctors' orders on the nineteenth on Ground Zero. We we're talking about Daniel right. Daniel seven eight. Remember that Bible verse? Yeah the the three yeah. the three horns. Tell us a little bit about those three horns and then the little horn.
3: Well, in the scripture it says that there will be three horns that will be plucked out of existence to make way for the little horn. And we had um, we had to that those three horns are going to be. Um, the the wealth, which would be England, the Queen, uh, the military, which would be the United States, the President, and the spiritual, uh, which would be the, the Catholic faith, the Catholic Church. So we pluck out those three leaders, and we can have one centralized leader, one centralized government, one ecumenical, um, you know, one ecumenical group that becomes the imperial cult, the fourth, uh, the fourth. Uh, revolution, uh, the, you know, the fourth industrial revolution. I mean, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab and all of his, you know, cronies, the, uh, there's 40 people, 40 people that are not even been elected that are making decisions for you and me, 40 people. And, and, and so this is already the establishment of an imperial cult that people are following and they didn't even realize they're following it. They think that they're following our president. They think they're following Donald Trump. They think they're following. No, what they're following is they're following in the edicts of what is being presented, and that is the eventual upheaval and decapitation exercise that will certainly remove leaders from power and replace those leaders of power with one centralized leadership, because it's going to get to a point where people are going to say, well, you know, the experiment is over. We're going to have to do these things because we can't continue uh, business as usual. we got to change the way we do business. And that would mean, Let's have another body. Let's have another uh, a centralized government. Let's have a centralized currency. Let's have all those things. And, and, and that's what, it's inevitable that we're going to go there. I don't think anybody uh, who, uh, you know, says, Oh, we'll fight it. Well, yeah, you'll fight it, but it's inevitable. Um, and, and most people I, I think that say that they're going to fight it, don't even realize it's already been established and that they should have fought for it a long time ago when people like you and me were saying what we were saying, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, I, it, it just, it just boggles the mind how people still think that just because they have comfort in their lives and they, and they don't, they have these image and action parameters that tell them when they think it's bad. Well, it's only bad until you start seeing tanks in the streets. That's for some people. Well, when I start seeing tanks in the streets, then I'll know that we're take, taking, over by then it's too late. I mean, you see tanks in the streets. It's already been going on, and you're already losing. You've you already lost the. Uh, you know, you've lost your
1: way. Well, that's that's like what so, I tell people when it comes to technology. We're going to upload ourselves into a computer. No, that won't happen. Well, every time you get on Facebook, Instagram, social media, Reddit, you're uploading a digital version of yourself to the internet. That's part of the mm-hmm. initial stage of creating that digital avatar that will be plugged into that digital sub-reality. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Clyde Lewis is with us from Ground Zero. More with Clyde and myself after this final break. Final segment coming up here on The Secret Teachings. Email us rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Subscribe to the show archive on the website. Grab a book. You get a free copy of one of those books when you subscribe for one year. We also have a Patreon page with behind-the-scenes content and more. www.thesecretteachings.info. Again, I'm Ryan Gable, Clyde Lewis with us. There's more after this. Stay with us. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, bringing you health, history, symbolism, and of course, black goo, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
2: Release the curtain! Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. <laughs> out there and so are we ktlk
3: digital broadcasting the fringe fm
1: People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial. beneficial way to support The Secret Teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in a hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support The Secret Teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM.
0: Listen to the Rogie Report every Wednesday live at
2: 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting.
1: T.L.K. Digital
0: Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
2: I can't talk for long. We found a dog at the warehouse.
0: I've lost him for now. But my guess is it's still operational.
1: These robot dogs, just like their real counterparts, will be able to get into tight spaces that present significant risks for their human handlers, or just be hard for a person to access all. A 6.5mm Creedmoor gun would give it the option of engaging threats at more extended ranges.
2: We need to know how Skynet gets built. Who's responsible?
1: Harvard scientists have created the first cyborg flesh. These scientists have fused neurons, muscle cells, and blood vessels, all taken from rats, with nanowires and transistors that can monitor bioelectrical impulses. So what does that mean? It means scientists have successfully fused the organic with the inorganic.
2: You're like a machine underneath, right? But sort of live that side?
1: I'm a cybernetic organism,
0: living tissue over metal endoskeleton. A metal that can convert chemical energy to mechanical energy could eventually lead to the development of liquid robots. This droplet of liquid metal alloy can change shape when an electrical current is applied to it. But it's what happens when a flake of aluminium is added that has got scientists really excited. So this other guy, he's a like you, right? Not like me,
3: a T1000, advanced prototype
0: you mean more advanced than you, Mark? Yes, maybe may poly many What the hell
2: does that mean?
0: Liquid metal. Metal consumes the aluminium, creating hydrogen bubbles that allow it to move of its own accord.
2: We need to know how Skynet gets built.
0: Yeah, we're already a cyborg in the sense that your phone and your computer are kind of an extension of you. We, we do want a close coupling between collective human intelligence and digital intelligence. Neuralink is trying to help in that regard by Creating a, an interface between A.I. And, you know, and human brain. The poor do not evolve. They conquer.
2: By assimilating other beings into our collective.
0: I try to convince people to slow down. Slow down A.I. To regulate A.I. This was futile. I tried for years. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built to keep us
1: under control in order to change a human being into this. I'm Ryan Gable, and you're tuning in to The Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM five nights a week. The Secret Teachings Weekend Edition on Aftermath FM, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Pacific. Replay later in the day. Tonight we're joined by my good friend and colleague Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero. As a montage I made for a show we did a few weeks ago called How Skynet Gets Built. And this is how Skynet gets built. This is how the system of the Antichrist, the system of the end times, is constructed. An AI system that will deplete our connection to source so that the only thing we have to truly fear, as Dr. Heldor told myself on the Ouija board, is the loss of IA, infinite awareness, a disconnection from source Where we are promised that through the technological elixir, we will have everlasting life. It is an inversion of what we are promised by God in Christ. It is an inversion of the mysteries and the secret teachings. That elixir of life that we think we're going to get through technology, that we think we're going to get through genetic engineering, simply extends spiritual suffering. And AI is more than AI. It's more than artificial intelligence. It's an eye. It's the eye of Sauron. It's the eye of How? It's the eye of the Terminator. This financial reset, the warlike footing, the transference of religious and political power, and the plucking of the three horns, as in the Bible verse, Daniel 7, 8, this is leading to the replacement of those major centers of finance, military, and religious power with Aurora, the Antichrist, the little horn, the son of Diana, Regardless of who that is, if it is an individual person or a concept embodied by many, it is an idea, and it is a system of control. And technology, as rapidly as it is progressing, is the vehicle to advance and complete that agenda. Again, Clyde Lewis is with us this evening. Clyde, what do you think about all of this? Is all the predictive programming, is it all just a coincidence? Is the predictive programming there for a reason other than simply conditioning us to accept, you know, new technologies.
2: I think a
3: lot of it's timing. I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of projects that are, you know, put on the shelf and they're ignored. And then all of a sudden somebody says, Hey, remember that film that came out a while ago? Or remember this? I mean, you, you take a look at something like independence day and how, um, how it came out before nine 11. And after the nine 11 attacks, people were renting it again, uh, because they were, I mean, it was a a renaissance to see that again because of all the buildings that were being destroyed by the aliens. Um, And people were saying, you know, the towers came down. There were several other movies where there were a lot of 9-11 coincidences. And so people resonate again with symbolism. And when they start hearing about things like, you know, Deep Mind or uh, B-Wave or any of these other things, I mean, it may be too much for them to handle because of the uncanny valley and the idea that they don't want to hear that technology is running amok, but it is. And we're being set up to, uh, to know about it or be familiar with it. It's like uh, when I was talking about the metaverse on my show a couple weeks ago and I was saying, it reminds you of the holodeck, but in the holodeck situation is that, you know, in Star Trek, one of the things that people don't realize is that in Star Trek, they had a respect for technology. And that's why they were able to have data. You know, data was um, a a robot that, you know, certainly uh, cooperated with humans and and was, uh, you know, raised and and become a sort of a homunculus to the the enterprise. But they didn't like the idea of technology uh, sucking them in and making them part of a collective. And so when you're looking at the Borg, the Borg is transhumanism the Borg is surrendering the machine, the Borg is surrendering the collective. And that's something that was considered bad in Star Trek, science fiction. That was a bad thing. So yeah, have respect for technology, but don't hook up to it and don't become it. You know, don't become one with it. And, uh, you need to separate, you know, your peas from your, your, your potatoes. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, it just sounds fun to, you know, dissolve yourself into technology. It's fun to, you know, live this black mirror episode that we're in the middle of. But, you know, the, I guess you could say the, the, um, what do you call them? The, the portion or the, or the idea of uh, the forewarning that we get from science fiction, I think is not being adhered to in a lot of respects, but yeah, it's predictive programming. It's insight. It's, it's the idea that they are showing you or approximating what is going to happen in the future, and uh, when you see it, you'll know it. And I think that uh, Hollywood has a lot to do with our perceptions of what is and what isn't uh, apocalyptic,
1: I believe. Well, I have two thoughts on that. One, I was thinking about Independence Day because that movie came out a year before the Phoenix Lights back in yeah. 1996, I believe it was. And that was, yeah. you know, an incredible event that was seen over multiple states. It covered, you know, a huge object over the city of Phoenix. It was seen by Kurt Russell. It was seen by pilots and the, the, the Air Force, you know, very similar to these big ships over cities in Independence Day. But, you know, when it comes to predictive programming and the revelation of the method I'll tell you what, uh, whether it's the new James Bond movie or it's just uh, a number of music videos and TV shows that that show this substance known as black goo or it's something like uh, all these new movies that are kind of like Slender Man, the Empty Man, the Chestnut Man, the Bye Bye Man. they are these sigils and, and memes, as we talked about earlier. Um, And they usually relate to children and children being kidnapped or children being, you know, uh, manipulated or children having their brains taken over. And when the child is involved, we feel we feel a different kind of horror, uh, a helplessness. And I think all of this helps to cultivate the the very essence of distress and, and fear that helps to feed in energetically into a system uh, that seems to feed off of that fear, whether it's just for control, or you know, as some suggest, maybe we're talking about something di- other dimensional, Clyde. Something that is feeding literally off of the energetic distress that humans are feeling, and the more distress we feel, the more powerful this this force feels. It's kind of like that uh, that giant ball of evil in the fifth element. The more that you attack it, the bigger it grows. And whether that's metaphoric or literal, it sure feels like a little bit of both.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's the un- there's the unseen. I guess you could call it id or the unseen monster that you know, like it goes back to the idea that you know we tune it out. Uh, the unseen monster that that exists and that we keep adding to it, whether it be you know the blockchain or maybe something even more sinister with our thoughts and whatever. Conjuring the beast is something that we do, and the malignancy is growing. Um, and no one is calling it out, and those that call it out. Uh, they're being told that they're crazy. But it, more and more, uh, we're seeing that there is this monster. It's grabbing people little by little. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's like something is there to convince people that, you know, either they need to be selfish, gluttonous, or or greedy, or they can either be loving, understanding, and and hang on to their humanity. Uh, COVID-19 has ruined us. Uh, humanity is, you know, it's going to take a while for humanity to get back on track. I don't know how long it took for the the old you know uh, turn of the century, turn of the twenty twentieth century flu to get people back to normal. But we've had worse pandemics in the past that people got back to normal. There was a pandemic going on when Woodstock happened. Um, you know, it, it it's it's just that the the way we're treating it right now is based primarily on power. It has nothing to do with the reality. The power is we tell you what to do, and people are so scared that they'll do it.
1: Well, and so many, so many it, of those things... In the Bible, what's that? I was going to say, so many of those things that we're being told or it's being demanded that we do, which are so disconnecting, so inhuman, so unnatural, are, are almost, I, I think, genocidal in nature. I mean, there are things that mm-hmm. a conquering military, a conquering culture would do to the, the culture that's been uh, conquered.
3: Right. And, and, you know, and people will we will be normal when we decide to be normal. And that might not happen. Just people, I don't think it's been long enough to forget just how it was two years ago, you know, pre-COVID. And even then, I don't know if people even want to remember that. You know, a lot of the times they say you shouldn't romanticize the good old days, but you know what? You know, these are there's some times prior to COVID where we can actually remember what it was like to just be free and do what we could do uh, in a reasonable way. But again, we learned that freedom is just a state of mind. Only three yes, it think is. you are.
1: Well, how many things have happened, Clyde, that if you were to think two years ago, how could you get the public to stop shaking hands? How could you get the public to be terrified of every person they come into contact with to stop flying on planes, stop driving in cars, stay at home? I mean, this has done everything. It's basically what Prince Philip said, and it's leading to the great leap forward, what I call the great leap forward reset. Right.
3: And, and it's because of the fact, I mean, if you look at Dune, speaking of Predictive programming. I've been thinking about doing a show about Dune. Dune. When Frank Herbert wrote Dune, he said that you should never trust a leader that comes out of poverty, scarcity, and environmental disaster. Um, and what he was meaning was is that that's how Antichrist come into the world. They come into the world when all hope is lost. They come into the world when uh, you know there's been an economic, or or there's been an environmental disaster or scarcity, or people are starving to death. He's the one that's going to promise that everybody's going to eat. He's going to promise that everyone is going to be healthy and smart and everyone's going to own whatever. Those people are the ones you don't trust. And that's why when you watch Dune, you know, and, and you look at, um, the, the main character, Paul, um, Paul is basically, uh, the antichrist. They call him the Mahdi, but, uh, he's, he's the antichrist. And it's because people trust a Messiah or, or one that didn't see himself as Messiah, but became a Messiah. They trusted as Messiah because they live in a time where, you know, water is scarce and all that's left is the spice. And, um, you know, and then so they have nothing else to do except to look for a chosen one. And we are looking for that chosen one and the chosen one will arrive. And when he does, they'll be loved by everybody. And people say, Oh no, people hate the antichrist. No, they don't. They're supposed to love him. They're supposed to trust him. They're supposed to uh, follow him and listen to what he says. And, and people are in wonder of him. I mean, he's not going to come into the world and be mean and scary. He's going to, he's going to basically be that guy that, you know, people don't understand. It's not the Darth Vader's of the world or the, or the, uh, the Dr. Dooms of the world, or I, I, I can name off every major villain in a movie where you say, yeah, he's evil because he does this, 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 and this and and everything else. But the real evil is the guy that basically can sit in a room with a joystick and, and point a gun at somebody he doesn't know or hasn't seen and just fire and just go, okay, i got to go to lunch. I just took out like 10 or 15 people at a church. You got to go. That's the kind of evil that's going to be in the future where, you know, evils are going to go on and, and even, and, even though the guy's not wearing the the mask or the hood or the, or the the robes, he's going to be the guy that's just wearing the, you know, the Hawaiian shirt, basically shrugging off the fact that he just wiped out millions of people. And, you know, there's a lot of people I can think of right now that would sit that bill. Bill Gates is one of them. Uh, Dr. Fauci is another one. I mean, these are the, these are the guys that just basically shrug when you tell them that 700,000 people have died. And then people are dying from the vaccine and they don't
1: care. They well, Gates, don't care. Gates literally said that he's like, yeah, 700,000 people are probably going to die from it. But, you know, kind of laughs. We need more childhood death. And they're they're pretty brazen. They uh, yep. with what they believe. I just saw the movie, The Eternals, and I don't know much about the Marvel Universe. I haven't seen all those movies. But this movie was like a combination of Zachariah Sitchin and Eric Von Daniken mixed with like the secret teachings, Ground Zero and Ancient Aliens. It was a very strange movie, but at the core of it was, you know, the, the, the gods. Basically, they created these eternal beings to go to planets and wipe out this monstrous creation that, that the gods had created. Um, and it was all in order to allow the intelligence and the consciousness of the people of that planet, Earth included, to grow. And then that intelligence would feed a celestial being that grew inside of the planet and then it would burst forth and it would destroy the planet. And then these Eternals, who are kind of like these cyborg-like synthetics, they move on to another planet and assist the gods in this destructive chaotic cycle. I just can't help but thinking that all that energy that we are producing is getting pumped into something, call it a celestial at the center of the earth like in the movie, or call it a you know a demon, uh, call it AI, call it the Antichrist, call it the the end days. But all of our energy... Is being pumped into that everything that we watch, entertainment, media, etc., and that is building the system of Skynet or the system of the Antichrist. It's building the system that will drive us to the end days, to the eschaton, the end of the divine plan, to Armageddon, whatever you want to call it. And and we see it constantly in entertainment, constantly in media because it is programming us. I believe that's they call it TV programming. So yes,
3: they, they call it network programming is because it's programming. It, it literally is programming.
1: Is there anything that you'd like to get into uh, a, a little bit more of uh, specifics about?
3: I am becoming uh, more convinced that 2022 is going to be year zero. Um, not that anyone's going to call it that, but it's going to be recognized as year zero, meaning that it'll be the year that we completely reject God in, in everything. Um, uh, it'll be removed from coinage, it'll be removed from dollars, it'll be removed. Um, it will be uh, up to the major religions to make a last-ditch effort to uh, keep God at least in theory around people, but from the standpoint of democratic uh, hijinks and, and scientism and all that. Uh year zero for those that don't know is this idea that um and it's been you know proposed the nine inch nails song of uh, nine inch nails uh, album or song and there was also a song that was done by ghost um, talking about how year zero is the use of the antichrist comes to power the reason why they call it year zero is because uh, the satanists and and those who worship a know of his coming uh, are basically uh, calling it year zero because they know they no longer need to call it uh, Anno Domini, uh, which is the year of our Lord. So they're going to call it, you know, year zero. And I believe that it's going to be, if, if not announced, it's going to be something that people are going to adapt. You look at a lot of science fiction stories like um, uh, Soylent Green, for example, they take place in 2022. Uh, we were told on our show that there's going to be a window uh, that began this month and will go well into February of 2022, with a culmination time of two 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 two, which is of course February 22nd, uh, 2022. There's going to be something going on on that date. I was told. That's my birthday, by the way, and I'm like, wow, I'm going to be, you know, I'll be 58, and you know, on that date, and uh, there's a lot of twos there to, to deal with. Um, so those are some things I think that, um, I, I don't want them to distract me into, into, uh, you know, saying most definitely these things are going to transpire, but I just get this feeling that, you know, the next year, um, it, you, you know, you look at the, how, what, uh, it was the year of the ox this year, the year of the cow, the year of the bovine in the Chinese, uh, Zodiac. And you look at all of the things that pointed to the idea that the, the ox had power or the cow or the bovine had power because you look at vaccines, for example, vaccines comes from the word vodka, which means cow. And it's because they would, they would culture smallpox, um, you know, or cowpox, um, to make the first vaccine. So that's why they call it vaccines because it's form of cow or the cows. Um, cows are used as, uh, incubators for diseases. Um, and of course this year had been a banner year, but the year before too for cow mutilations and and so, you know, the year the ox lived up to its name. Um I'm not sure what the next year is gonna be. I know the year before that was the rat. And what was interesting about that is I said it'd be the year for the lab rat and we became lab rat uh with the testing of uh, you know, the um, COVID nineteen thing. Um we become lab rats and then we have the vodka, the cow, the vaccine. And so whatever the next year is going to be, I, I'll look into so that it's a ti- as well. But it's just,
1: a tiger uh, for 2022. Okay.
3: The year of the tiger. Okay. Well, I have to look See, into well it's, what, it's the, the tiger. Is the beast.
1: It's the, the tiger AI is the beast. AI of the tiger. The AI yeah, of the, A-I the tiger. The tiger, the,
3: <laughs> the tiger is the beast. It is the beast uh, of the wilderness. And so we're looking at, um, you know, the tiger's re- a representation of power. Or, and uh, just like the lion is, the lion and the tiger and the feline. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot to explore next year, uh, but I'm just saying that you know be prepared because um, the transition of power is about to go down, and um, you're going to be very surprised how it's all going to end up. I mean, I'm I'm sure people have their ideas of you know Nancy Pelosi taking the reins or Kamala Harris taking the reins or whomever, but I think you'd be very surprised how this is going to go down. I think it's not going to go down the way you
1: think. And you think this this is the plucking of the three horns and the replacement of those horns with the yeah. little horn?
3: Oh yeah, Yes, yeah. There's going to be a reason to have a centralized form of government where we look to a centralized figure to give us the uh, ideas. And uh, I think for a while it'll be Prince Charles. They're calling him the bridge. He's the bridge of governments. The bridge. Uh, they're calling him the, the 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 bridge king, where he's going to be bridging governments, religions, and so forth. And uh, he'll be bridging the way or creating the bridge uh, for Prince William. So both he and his son are going to be very uh, important factors in government leadership for the next five to ten years.
1: At the end of all this, what do you think is going to happen, Clyde? What do you think is going to be going down in the next couple of years after this? Do you think 2030 is uh, as important of a date as 2022? I would
3: say, yeah, I would say 2030 is going to be the culmination of everything. 2030 is the end of their window. It's the anniversary. Um, it'll be a number of anniversaries. Of course, uh, it'll be new communism, new Marxism. It'll be a new type of government that will, uh, keep capitalism on a leash. Uh, corporatists would be running the show, which would be true fascism. Uh, there'll be a lot of people who are going to die. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to just, They're going to lose their minds. Uh, there's going to be a lot more cults and fanatical groups are going to show up on the horizon. Um, there's going to be a lot, a lot of stuff going on where you're going to shake your head and go, wow, it couldn't get any worse or couldn't get any bizarre, um, things. I mean, I was just noticing, like I said today, I was looking over the news, uh, I was looking over the news, um, on the internet and I saw the word Omicron and I'm going, Holy crap. And I didn't know what, I didn't know why it was there. I mean, I, saw the word Omicron, and I go, why is that there? I don't know what that means, and I started looking and realized, oh, it's a new variant, and, you know, because I was thinking they were just putting that there like Alpha or Omega, you know, it's like Omega, Omicron, whatever they are can call it, and I said, oh my God, it means the end time. It means, uh, it, it means that, uh, you know, the Omega, chronological Omega, the end time, the, you know, and, and of course Saturn is Kronos, uh, and so the whole idea of the Saturnalian, uh, the Saturn return is also a factor. So we're looking at a time of judgment, and uh, it's happening. And I don't know if I can tell you what second coming is going to happen, but I know that uh, there's going to be uh, a call to judgment
1: uh, in the next year. I've been thinking, too, because NASA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, the Pentagon, all in the United States have been very vocal about UAPs and UFOs. We now have a new bureau to investigate UAPs here in the United States. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if all of this public acknowledgement or at least the, the nudging that, hey, hey, this could be true. Hey, hey, these could be yeah. extraterrestrial in origin. I, I think that's preparing us for something, too.
3: Well, and, and you know, and I always say to people, because people always say, well, Project Bluebeam, Bluebeam. And I'm going, you know what? You really don't need Project Blue Beam now. I mean, they convinced the entire world that an invisible enemy is knocking on their doorstep, waiting to kill them.
1: Uh, they can do the same and, thing with aliens. And they They're did it rapidly. They did it real yeah. fast, too, Clyde.
3: Yeah. I mean, they did it rapidly, yes. And so they don't need anything to prove that aliens exist. All they need to say is aliens exist, and they're among us, and this is why we had to get the DNA from everybody. I mean, you, you need to remember, you know, shoving that little thing up your nose to see if you have COVID, that goes into a DNA pile, too. It, it, you know, it, it's uh, what I call spit and, and like, <laughs> There's another German word I made up. Spitz and Snotson, you're part of the Spitz and Snotson, the SS. Um, you know, and so if you're going to go to a Spitz and Snotson, uh, you know, representative, you're either going to spit or you're going to snot, and that's going to determine your your DNA. Well, I
1: mean, my God, so, it, it's it's basically the the plot line of the X Files with the vaccines and the alien virus and yeah. the black goo and the yeah. alien colonization.
3: Yeah, it is predictive programming there again. But yeah, so yeah, the Spitz and Snotson guys, it's uh, that's what. I know that sounds weird, but that's it. That's it's it's your it's your purity papers. It's you know you yeah. got to have your you got to have your little ID. You know back then it was the punch card, the IBM punch card. Now it's the IBM, you know, uh, vaccine passport. You know these are the things you're dealing with.
1: You got your vaccine passport, your green uh, carbon credits, and it's all hooked up yep. to a world ID. It's all hooked up to a social credit score, and it's probably going to be controlled by a supercomputer. There's one being built called Aurora, and it's probably going to be controlled by that little horn we call the Antichrist, that extension of Artemis or Diana, the son of God, the Most High, but a false son. Maybe it's Prince William, I don't know.
3: His Infernal Majesty.
1: His Infernal Majesty, H-I-M, His Infernal Majesty, that's right. Well, Clyde, it's been a pleasure speaking with you this evening. I appreciate it. Everybody knows about Ground Zero, probably.
3: I just wanted to say, if you want to get a Dr. Heldor t-shirt, I just
1: Are forgot. you making these?
3: <laughs> we have them. We've had them for a while. Uh, you just go to dot com. They're Dr. Heldor t-shirts. We've had them for like a uh, month. That's, uh, that's so funny. That I was, people demanded them. I was, thinking,
1: I was thinking about a, a t-shirt with some kind of design on it like that. I didn't realize you guys were making those.
3: Oh yeah, we've had them for a while. I just haven't promoted them, but yeah, we have them in stock. There, Doctor Heldor T-shirts make great Christmas presents. but so just go to GroundZeroMerch.com and get your Doctor Heldor T-shirt. It's a uh, it's, it's really cool looking shirt.
1: Hey, I've still got the Momo Challenge shirt.
3: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a classic. I just I just was playing with that uh, that uh, sculpture the other day. We had uh, Jonathan Fuller on a TV gig that I do, and we were just we were looking at that old Momo uh, facsimile. It was really creepy.
1: Yeah, speaking of Jonathan, uh, I've got one of his alien heads here in the studio. We're about out of time, Clyde, so I want to thank you again for joining us on the show. Uh, what's that website again for the Heldor shirts? It's
3: groundzeromerch.com. Groundzeromerch.com. Get your Heldor shirts while they're still hot.
1: All right, groundzeromerch.com. Clyde Lewis, Ground Zero, Aftermath FM. The Secret Teachings Weekend Edition is actually on Aftermath, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Pacific. Catch an hour of The Secret Teachings Weekend Edition. Otherwise, here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday. The TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. That's www.TheSecretTeachings.info. You can find our full list of all of our shows to download and stream. When you subscribe, you get access to the montages and all of my digital books. If you subscribe for one year, you get access to all of that, and you get a physical copy autographed with free shipping in the United States of any of the books that you choose. There's also Patreon for behind-the-scenes content, and there is a subscription bundle on Patreon where you can get behind-the-scenes access with your archive and montage and digital book subscription. It's all there on the website or on Patreon. If you have any questions, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. And I want to thank you guys so much, not only for tuning into tonight's broadcast, But for supporting our Escape from New York fundraiser, it's finally going to happen. We're going to move the studio down to the southwest and be broadcasting late night from the desert. Something magical about the desert. and I can't wait to get down there. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. After years and years of research, I compiled most of the important components of what I learned into three books— Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana. And by happenstance, those books turned into a trilogy that can be, but doesn't need to be, read in order. Food philosophy explores the nature of what it means to be healthy, while examining the ways in which the public is deceived about their food and water. It also explores disease theories and why astronomical events like comets may be more responsible for illnesses than pathogens. It concludes with a look at geoengineering. The technological elixir picks up where the food book leaves off. It explores technology with its benefits and dangers, looking at smart tech, the Internet of Things, advanced robotics and quantum computers. The text takes us to the mark of the beast, magic and the music industry focusing heavily on material death cults and pacts with the devil and, of course, black goo. It concludes with an analysis of UFO cults and an otherworldly or dimensional presence influencing mankind through technology. Occult Arcana is truly stand-alone as an encyclopedia of occult knowledge, covering theology, science and mythology, symbolism, ritualism and magic, voodoo, witchcraft, talismans, nursery rhymes, alchemy and more. Occult Arcana ties it all together. All three books are available in digital form and they are autographed, if you'd like, in paperback. Just visit thesecretteachings.info where you can read reviews and buy yourself a copy or two today. Whether for yourself, family, or friends, they make a wonderful gift for the holidays, something that we explore in detail in the Occult Arcana book. Again, I'm Ryan Gable with The Secret Teachings Radio. Food philosophy, the technological elixir, and Occult Arcana are my books. I hope you get a copy and support the show today.